What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This is my baby. And these two were just along riding my carpet, my carpet table. Kevin Sherrington. I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. Barry Horn. You know what my intention is? When's the last time that anybody has ever asked you a question? No one's ever asked me a question. I'm married. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Balls. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we're going to talk about the Cowboys. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Sports Day DFW Podcast Dallas Morning News podcast. What other podcast is it? What are, who else are we representing? It's ballsy. It's ballsy. I am Kevin Sherrington. That is Barry Horn. There is no Evan Grant for this particular podcast, but we do have our old pal, our old buddy, our man out at the star, David Moore. Who's also, you forgot to say, Charles Haley's best friend. Charles Haley's best friend, yeah. Matter of fact, Charles Haley called me a while ago, David, and wants to know your address. Is that Was I wrong to give him that? <laughs> Um, I, I believe I actually live in Plano. I, I forgot the name of the street. Barry, what, what's the name of the street you live on? <laughs> uh, Willow Bend Drive, yeah. Street in Plano. No, not uh, really. That is not it. That is not his address. So Charles Haley uh, uh, was on the, the radio the other day and went off a, a little bit on the boys saying that uh, – among other things, that uh, Jerry's built this house for a bunch of damn losers, I believe is the exact quote. Uh, Close quote, yeah. Yes. That is an exact quote. Yeah, and uh, so he he made a few other uh, comments, which is really kind of what we've heard from Charles all along here. And anytime anybody's uh, talked to him recently, he has been critical of the Cowboys and, uh, and the, the players in particular, not so much the coaching staff or – the administration, but just the uh, the effort level of the players. This, to me, is uh, a little bit what about what a lot of former players do, isn't it? It, it is, but you know, I would argue Charles Haley is, is in a little bit different role than just a uh, a casual observer or, or a former player. Um, you know, Jason Garrett has, has opened the door to him and other former Cowboys that they so choose. Uh, to drop by practice at any time, to actually uh, interject themselves into practice to give some uh, tips at their position, uh, actually encourages these guys to, to take younger players under their wing, uh, you know, be a mentor, if you will. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a quasi-function uh, that, that Charles Haley has as far as, I mean, he really has the access uh, and is treated like a staffer in many ways. Uh, and like I said, as, as a mentor and advisor, certainly, uh, to the program. And, and to have him demean the players in the way he did, and, and in my mind also undercut the program, because he said at one point, too, uh, you know, all of this wouldn't be taking place if Jimmy Johnson was the coach. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> my, you know, my stance is that, uh, you, know, you know, and part of his stance was, look, these guys don't know what it takes to win. Uh, I believe that Jason Garrett should say, well, you know what, Charles, I do know what it takes to win with this team, and, and part of that is you not being around here. Uh, you're really not welcome here. And 
Uh, we've talked before about how this is a critical season for Jason Garrett coming up. If, if they don't progress in the postseason, I think it's going to be very difficult for him to retain his job. Um, so if, if someone who's in a uh, advisory role for your team has that little respect for your players and how they go about things and for you and how you do the program, I don't think you can afford to have them around the program in any way to undercut what you're trying to accomplish. So um, I, I think Jason Garrett should be very firm on this and say, look, um, you know, rather than offer some constructive criticism uh, within our framework that these guys might listen to and take to, and, and us as well, uh, you chose to go public with an explosive soundbite. So you two, made your choice. Thanks. Goodbye. Two questions. One, do you think Ch- Jason would do that? One. Tell him to get lost. Tell him to get lost. Do you actually think Jason would tell him to do that, David? I think he could change the parameters of, of how Charles Haley interacts with the team, yes. Uh, well, I so think you think he would be willing to do Haley that? What Charles Haley said is, a, is quite an indictment. And if he has that little respect for how they do things out there, why would he want them around anyway? And, and two, could the Cowboys keep... Charles is a different cat. Uh, do you think they could actually... It, it, could it get ugly if Charles came out there and wanted to get in and they wouldn't let him in? Uh, depends on the day, but sure. Uh, Charles Haley has exhibited erratic behavior in the past. So now you weigh, okay, do you not do something because are you afraid of what could happen, that you have no idea if it will or not? And, and look, I understand there's going to be an element of people that, that just roll their eyes and go, look, everyone knows what Haley is like. You know, you take his comments with a grain of salt. You shouldn't do anything. Just let him be around the guys. That, the guys that want to listen to him will listen to him. The guys that don't will, will just ignore him and go about their business. I understand that approach, um, but it, it doesn't make Jason Garrett look real strong if, if, that, if they just choose to uh, look the other way and go, well, that's just Charles and, you know, all, all voices are welcome. Look, all voices are welcome. But um, when you want everyone to be on the same page and you're leading an organization, that doesn't mean you can include all voices in this manner, or it, or it does, I think, uh, undercut what you're trying to accomplish. And so Jason Garrett needs to determine, look, is this worth something to take a stand on? And uh, how important is this? And we'll see how it plays out. But I don't think that, that Jason Garrett is, uh, but because of the nature of the comments, uh, again, these aren't these weren't made in the in the, the heat of battle. These weren't off off the top of your head. Um, you know, he, he went through some very specific things and talked about how you know these guys aren't they don't scare anybody and, and they don't evoke fear and, and and you know this gets to another argument. A lot of I think a lot of people on the outside think J- Jason Garrett isn't a good coach because uh, his players don't fear him. Um, that's not who he is, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't hold uh, the coaching staff, the players, and former players accountable. Why should former players not be accountable when he asks everyone else in the organization to be as well? So, um, yeah, this is an interesting one because certainly based on the social media response, I would say it's overwhelming. Uh, people are saying, Charles Haley, thank you so much for saying this. You know, you're a breath right. of fresh fresh air. This is what needed to be said. This is exactly what's going on. These guys aren't doing enough. Uh, coaching staff isn't doing enough. 
But there's a big difference in, in fans embracing that message and allowing your players to hear that message with no consequences uh, for the person who makes those comments. Well, here's here's the thing, and and that's exactly right. What I was going to say, uh, what, what your social media comment on, on the reaction to this is that yeah, this just plays right into what fans want to hear is what Charles said. Um, this is what they always want to hear, basically from a former player who has some credibility because of how many rings he's got on his hall of uh, fingers and a hall of famer. Um, even though, uh, first of all, the Cowboys set themselves up for this by embracing Charles Haley. I mean, I, I like Charles. I think he means well. Uh, but we all know that uh, he's had some issues in the past. And uh, when you embrace that kind of player, then uh, this is kind of what you're going to get. I think, first of all. Volatile, I think. Is volatile, yeah. And then, and then secondly, um, you know, I, I just don't – anytime you, you, you don't win – and when the Cowboys, I mean, they just barely won. They were 9-7, and seven, which was not an awful year, not a great year, just kind of a meh year. So uh, anytime you don't do that, fans are always going to say they need to be tougher. You know, how, First of all, I want to ask you something. How, how tough do we think Doug Peterson is? Does Doug Peterson strike you as a Martinet? I mean, does he, does he seem like that kind of guy who is out there beating on these guys? And they are the world champions. You know, um, the, 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 the Giants just hired – a head coach who is considered a guy who's uh, a, a quarterback a whisperer. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a nice guy, a guy that people get along with. You know, that, that whole idea that you have to have an authoritarian figure as a head coach just because that worked for Bill Belichick uh, or it worked for Bill Parcells or it worked for Jimmy Johnson for a little while. I mean, how, how long was Jimmy a head coach in the pros? You know? Seven years? Was that what it was? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, not that long. Yeah, not that long. Things, no. No. So, so to me, uh, it, it's, just a, it's, it's just a fallback position for fans. You know, uh, when, when something doesn't happen, oh, it's because they're not tough enough. That's why. Uh, you know, I, I, and I know that Charles has had, you know, a, a view of the players and has watched them in practice. I would say that, you know, some of that, when I, when I first read that, uh, might be just simply directed at the fact that they don't have practices the way they used to have. Them. Some of that stuff is mandated. You know, you don't you don't have they're not running the same kind right. of dog drills now that they did in the early nineties and in the late eighties. It's just it's it's just a different league. And Barry just unplugged himself here because he's like a thousand-year-old so man. You, you can this is, this is actually going to be the best part of the whole podcast because now you're not going to be able to hear Barry. This is really good. So you're actually indicating that Barry has been plugged in at some point. <laughs> Which you, which you obviously mean from a technical sense, not a metaphor. Yeah, just from a medical sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, so I, know you're right. I think that's right. I think Charles Haley again, and you see this in players of that generation and before. That is like, oh, you know, these guys get babied. Uh, they're entitled. Uh, you know, we did it this way. We had two a days. We had to do this. These guys aren't as tough. So, but it's, it's again, like you you mentioned Peterson. Uh, you, you can go coaches around this league. Seattle's coach uh, is he really a, a oh, Pete? definition no. of how you fear Pete Carroll? No, I mean he lets them get away with know, murder out there. Yeah, and, and and this is you know head coach one. If you're not true to what your personality is, that's the absolute worst thing you can do as a head coach or a leader of an organization because. Uh, the people who are around you on every day uh, spot that very quickly, uh, consider you a hypocrite, and, and your message is diminished right away. You have to be true to who you are and consistent. 
uh, and and you know genuine. And uh, you know, Jason Garrett is genuine. Now the question, uh, you know, again, it's not always about being tougher. It's about being smarter. It's about being adaptable. Um, and and it, it's too simplistic just to go, oh, these guys don't work hard enough. Uh, I don't think it's an issue of, of working hard enough. I, I think it's, uh, again, schematic issues. Uh, are players in the proper positions and where they need to be? Uh, those sort of things. All right. Speaking of pl- pl- uh, players being where they're supposed to be, uh, I was uh, I was reading around uh, this week and reading around. You were reading around. What I does like that, that mean? I like that. That kind of sounds good. I'm reading around, uh, and the discussion in terms of the secondary, which is one of the most around. fascinating uh, uh, positions they've got going. Because I've read different things here. I actually read something the other day that uh, t- rating the safeties in this league, and believe it or not, according to this rating system, Byron Jones came in as the fourth best safety in the league There's last year. something wrong with that rating system. There was like 50 safeties listed, and he was number four. Landon Collins was number 11 in this listing. Is this, is this the Byron Jones uh, rating <laughs> the Byron system? Byron Jones rating report. Uh, <laughs> But I don't think the Cowboys had that same opinion. Uh, and there's some discussion as to whether the Cowboys might even put him back at cornerback, which I would be all for them doing that. What do you think are the possibilities that Byron Jones ends up playing cornerback this fall? Well, I think they've wrestled quite a bit with what to do with Byron Jones. Uh, you know, he came in as a corner, uh, and they immediately thought, you know, we like him as a corner. He has a good skill set, but – his greatest ceiling may be at safety. Uh, now, their question, uh, talking to the uh, coaching staff and, and, and also other players along the way, too, who all think Byron Jones is, uh, is a very good player and has uh, outstanding potential, is, okay, but can he be physical enough to excel at safety? Uh, he has the skill set, he has the range, he has the instincts, but... Is he the physical presence you really need that's going to allow him to take that next step at safety and be an elite safety? That has always been the question about whether Byron Jones could excel. And again, this is not about his willingness to hit um, or you know, him putting himself in the right position or being willing to sacrifice his body. It's not about a desire thing. It is about just physically with his frame. Uh, you know, can he... Uh, can he hold up at that position in order to excel as far as a strong safety sort of position? Um, I think with what you have seen this past year, uh, they seriously question that. When you look at how he was losing playing time late in the year to Tavon Frazier, uh, to Xavier Woods, uh, two guys who are a little more physical and maybe have more true safety instincts. I I think that was an admission on their part that, you know what, He's been in this role for a while now. Uh, there are a lot of things we like about what he does, but maybe we shouldn't put him there full time. So I, I think it's, uh, to me, it, it was always natural, uh, especially now that you have a new guy in the secondary uh, and uh, Chris Richard coming in who worked and likes bigger corners like he had in Seattle right. uh, with his input. It's going to be natural that you discuss this. I think there's a good chance he does wind up back at cornerback. Uh, to me, um, you know, I, I think that 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 him and uh, Tyrone Crawford 
and I hate to say they haven't benefited from this, but but I think in a lot of ways their versatility hurts them uh, because the coaching staff looks at the secondary with Byron Jones uh, and they look at that defensive line with Tyron Crawford and they put them in a spot and then they go, well, you know what, but this other guy isn't performing over here and so we'll just move Tyron Crawford over to left defensive end uh, for this couple of weeks because this guy's hurt and, and he's really our best option. And then two or three weeks down the road, you go, well, you know what? Even though we told him to bulk up and gain all this weight so we could play tackle, now he's not really getting the job done at defensive end. So maybe we'll use him as a backup defensive tackle. Um, I think I think Byron Jones is a little bit in danger of this as well. It's uh, Is he a corner? Is he a safety? What do we need at the moment? That's what he is. Um, I think they need to – they've seen him enough now. I mean, he's been in this program for a while. Uh, determine what he is, put him at that position, and just let him play one position and see how he develops. Yeah. And I think that's what they need to do, uh, whether it's safety or corner. And my belief is they will probably shift him back to corner because I think they feel good about some of the young safeties they have in here. You know, it's interesting to me because a couple of years ago I was talking to Darren Woodson and, and, and we were – uh, and he, he just said, now this was a couple of years ago, but he said that, you know, I know everybody talks about Sean Lee being the best player on defense. He said, I really think that Byron Jones is. And this is a guy that played safety and was probably the last Cowboys' last great safety was Darren Woodson. Uh, they, they've struggled to find uh, that level of talent. And I, and I know the position has changed. He was a box safety mostly. Uh, and, and that, that's, Well, you're, you're putting the bar really high. I mean, you're talking about a guy who probably should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Yeah, absolutely. But, but, and, it was, and, and, it's a, and listen, it's, a, it's a more of a hybrid position now, and that's what, that's what Byron is. Right. Byron's a guy who can cover people and, and, uh, and is really pretty good in coverage. He's, I, I'm, I'm like Dave. I just don't believe he's the big hitter. But that's the thing that, you know, I've heard uh, Rod Marinelli say is that, well, we, we put these people in a position, you know, to where they should be making, getting turnovers. They should be getting interceptions. And it's like you're saying, you know, I just think that when you tell a guy you should be getting interceptions, uh, you know, I just think that that's a little bit bogus. You know, I, I, I know that they need to be getting turnovers, but you're, you're asking a guy you know, to to be really a lot of times getting an interception is almost a position of luck. Now that we we saw different things, I remember you know there was a play in the in the playoffs when Jalen Ramsey jumped a route and got an interception and it was just a tremendous play on, on his part. And that and that that is when you're just you know that's just your ability and your instincts taking over in that. But but, but there are a lot of ball bounces off somebody's hand. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where balls are just flying. A guy sails one five yards over his receiver's head, and the safety just standing back there and it hits him in the stomach. You know, so uh, I, 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 Byron Jones this year they wanted him in more of a a, a roaming role. Uh, they wanted to use his speed and athletic ability. Uh, they wanted to give him a lot of ground to cover. Uh, but then Chittabay Awuzia went out early, and it altered their not nickel and dime package, and then he found himself in a different role than what he prepared all offseason to do, just like Tyron Crawford has done in the past. And right. he's versatile enough where he makes it work, and, and he's not bad at it. But, again, can you get him at one spot and see if he can really develop and excel at one position? And, you know, maybe when his career's done, his, his value is that, no, he's good at, at three positions, and, and, and that's why uh, he's a valuable player. But usually when players are at three positions, they don't excel at one. If you right. excel at one, you, I mean, go back and Zach Martin. You know, the plan with Zach Martin was, look, we'll use him here at guard for a year or two. 
but this guy's going to be a tackle. We can swing him out to right tackle and solidify tackle for a decade. Well, he was so dominant at guard, they went, why would we do that? And now you don't hear any talk anymore, or at least any serious talk, about moving Zach Martin out to uh, tackle. Uh, you haven't heard that with Byron Jones because he hasn't excelled enough at either corner or safety for the coaching staff to go, okay, this is it. But the other question along with that is, has he been allowed to stay in either position long enough to establish himself where you would see that take root? David, David, I have a, uh, one question. Actually, I have two questions to ask you. Uh, but, w- but one is, you were around the Cowboys all season. You, got, you went to the Super Bowl. You were around the Eagles. How far... Or are the Cowboys behind the Eagles, and how far are they? You, you asked if they were behind and how far it was. I think you answered the first question. Well, I, I, was, try, I was trying to be diplomatic first. Well, how, Okay, forget the first question. How far behind the Eagles are they? Oh, so you mean the last team to beat the world champion Philadelphia That's Eagles. right, pal. Yeah. They own the they Eagles. That was, a, that was a great game, too, by the way. <laughs> what was it, 6-0 or something like that? Oh, my God. They shut them out, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but but yeah, shut it down. It's not. Uh, I I will say this: there is no way you could watch the Super Bowl, project the Cowboys into that game, and say they would have been competitive in that game because the Cowboys aren't built to engage in a shootout uh, and, and adapt uh, and and do the things that both of those teams were doing in that game. Dallas, now, if Dallas can get back in the offensive line where it was in 2016, if you have Elliott for a whole season, uh, you know, they're a team built much more like Seattle was when it won uh, the title a few years ago. Uh, It's ground, you know, they don't want to get in the shootout. They want to to beat you in submission, and the score may wind up being 35-28, but it's 14-14 going into the fourth. And uh, just because they kept their defense on the field so long over the course of the game, uh, and then they get a, a slight lead, uh, the other team has to gamble. You take advantage of that and, and then uh, put them away. So I don't think – I think there's a very fine line. And, look, the, the Cowboys did not build on their success of 13-3. and three. They were not as good of a team last year as they were in 2016. But they still managed to go 9-7. and seven. And as we've talked about before, only one of the six teams in the NFC playoffs the previous year returned, and that was Atlanta. And I don't think there was that, although based on that one game we saw in Atlanta, there was a big difference in the Falcons and Cowboys. Uh, But over the course of the season, there wasn't that much difference in the Falcons and Cowboys and their competitive ability across the league. So I, I think they're close. That being said, they clearly have to address offensively uh, what they're doing at wide receiver. They have to get better at wide receiver, and I believe they, they'll do that with free agency and the draft. Uh, they have to scheme differently. They have to get some new blood in there. This nucleus has been in there uh, for five years, which is two or three generations in today's NFL time. Uh, it's not going to get better. Uh, the only way to get better is with new talent. Uh, they need to work that in, and I, I think they need to. I think they made some very positive defensive strides last year, uh, but they still need to go a step further. And uh, so I, I think they're close, but it's a, but they can't play the same way that Philadelphia and New England played at that Super Bowl and expect to be competitive. 
David, we have to get moving here. We have to r- run on. We have Evan Grant in Arizona, where it's oh, oh pardon me. Yeah. So you know, and, but but I just want to tell you before before no. before we let you go, I just want to tell you, I'm going to go run upstairs and and write a headline on your uh, quick take that says more to Haley colon stay away. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Yeah. Come find me. I think that's what I'm going to put and, on and there. And Casey gets upset at what I wrote, that, that it especially takes uh, <laughs> it's a very good take. Yeah, David, thanks good. so much for sharing your knowledge with us. Uh, always a pleasure to have you, and you were so good. We're going to have you back again. Well, I'm not sure it was knowledge, but I was happy to share whatever it was. Well, that's, that's always the case. Thanks, David. <laughs> Thank you. Bye See ya. Good. You know, Charles Haley's just a different cat. He is. And, you know, I, I, was, out, I was out at... Uh, AT&T Stadium last week talking to DeMarcus Ware and you couldn't get DeMarcus even if you thought that you couldn't get him to say that if you put a million dollars in front of him no 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 you, you get some guys who are going to but, but listen, listen remember when the Cowboys acquired Charles Haley and what his reputation was a wild man I should, I should we should ask David how he enjoyed when Haley used to come back at Valley Ranch he had a dog I think it was a pit bull I don't know what it was and that pit bull would run through the dressing room, is that right? Through the locker room, uh, you know, on days off, and and I'd be, I, I I have to tell you, I was scared stiff. Well, I, you know, here's the thing I remember about Charles. You know, there was all this uh, when he when he was a cowboy, and it was it was such a, you know, Jimmy Johnson laid the, the law down to to Charles at one point, told him, listen, if you don't get it, if you don't get your act together, you're out of here. We're not going to let you be part of this, and that, and that's one of the things that helped him. And I think there were some things that Charles did on his own, and and I and I I remember seeing him. You know, my kids are playing uh, soccer and looking across the field, and Charles is coaching the other team. You know, on the other other side of a YMCA soccer field. Have you ever heard him talk about his kids? Oh yeah, I mean, I've heard him speak on several subjects over the years, and and it's he's like a different Charles. Haley. He's a sweetheart. You know, he can really be a sweetheart. And and you know, listen, this is just his opinion. I I I I see what David is saying, but you know, I don't feel any sympathy for the Cowboys in this. Uh, this is the guy they brought back, and and they allowed access, and 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 you should know this is what you get with Charles. Yeah. He's going to be a sweetheart sometimes, and sometimes he's not. I think his daughter goes to Stanford. I think, I think that might Stanford. be right. I think that might be right. Maybe out of Ursuline. Yeah. Hey, listen, Charles does a lot of good now. He does a lot of good. He does a lot of good things, and is involved in the community, and does a lot of really good things. I'm. It's hard for me to, you know. I, do I disagree with what he said? I don't know. I don't know. He knows much more than I do. As as I said a while ago, practices have changed. I don't know how much they're different around the league from what they used to be. Players, uh, old players, always complain about young players. They're they, they're never as tough. They're, they're never, never as tough. They never worked as hard. They never had the experience what they had the experience. It's like young sports writers today. Yeah, except we're right. We're right because yeah. we're old. But. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's kind of let's move on to somebody who does know know a lot about what he's talking about. Who's that? Evan Grant. Really? Yeah. Evan? Yeah, Evan. Oh, I, so, I, thought you, I thought you meant somebody else. No, we'll have our cowboy, uh, our Rangers podcast with Evan Grant. That was the in, Cowboys. Who's podcast. who's in surprise? Yes, surprise, surprise. And then we're going to do a have a special podcast today talking about our sports Valentines because it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day today as we're recording this. So thanks everybody for coming in for our Cowboys podcast, and make sure you tune in for our uh, our Rangers and our special Valentine's podcast. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy with a Z podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.